Welcome into this episode of the Underage Packers podcast. We got an exciting one on hand today as MJ Hurley of Third Down Thursdays will be joining us today. Combine uh, expert, well, not an expert on the combine, but those prospects that will be at the combine this week in Indianapolis. So excited to talk to him. My name is Joey, and joining me as always, Big B, rocking the fire hat. Uh, Big B, how you doing on the Saturday morning? Um, I'm tired. But, you know, I wake up early to talk some Packers, so can't get much better than that. Exactly. I just, these little, like, episodes we record during the offseason, especially this part, it just brings life to me, all right? I need this inside of me. So it's great, as always. I did notice that you were, uh, have, you were having a Dr. Pepper at 10 o'clock your time. That was an adventurous move. Yeah, um, that's every morning. I always wake up, crack open a Dr. Pepper, and then go on my way, you know? Well, you really follow the the Dr. Pepper, their old slogan of 10 to 4. So I I replaced mine with a, a good old coffee today. But I know you're you're still in the eight-year-old stage of saying coffee is terrible. It is, though. I don't I don't like coffee. It's, it's, it's great stuff. You, you just got to get, like, a, a juiced-up iced coffee like with 300 grams of sugar and you'll be hooked on it all right i'm (laughs) telling you but now let's get into this episode with mj talking about the combine a lot of draft prospects to talk about so let's do that we might be too young to have a spotted cow but we are both diehard packers fans i could talk about this for hours he was my legend he was my quarterback one Taysom hill forever in my heart you have a kind of a reputation of being the young the young diehard fans how is that, Dr. Pepper Tayson? Amazing. Hey, good. Let's keep it under 25 minutes, all right? We now welcome MJ Hurley of Third Down Thursdays. MJ, thank you so much for joining us on this morning. Thank you for having me, gentlemen. It's a pleasure to be here. Good to finally, I know I've interacted with y'all on Twitter and stuff, so it's good to actually meet you in person, and uh, I'm ready to talk some Packers. Absolutely. Let's do this. So, MJ was at the Senior Bowl, um, and he'll be at the Combine in Indy this upcoming week. So he is uh, pretty smart, pretty well-knowledged um, in this category compared to at least the two of us. So we'll be talking about that later on in the show. But first off, um, some news that Ian Rappaport broke just before we went on was that the Packers restructured the contracts of Jair Alexander and Preston Smith, which created a combined cap space of $17 million between the two of them. So add that up with um, Aaron Jones' contract that they freed up or created some more money with last weekend. Um, and they're step-by-step, step, they're creating more cap space here. Um, still probably not under the cap. Need to ask uh, Ken Engels on that one. Probably still have more work to do with that. But a step in the right direction with these two stars. And, you know, Russ Ball is going to wave his magic hand and uh, solve these cap issues that the Packers have. Heading over to the combine here. Um, first, MJ, just a, a broad question. What are like, you know, your top five, top three players that, you know, showed you some potential at the Senior Bowl and from film that you're looking forward to watching at the combine this week? So I, I really like, and the thing that's so amazing about the Senior Bowl is it's not so much the blue chip prospects that you might hear about at the combine um so you know we'll hear plenty from those guys this week we'll see them on the field all of that good stuff but i really love what i really love about the senior bowl and the reason you know i 
we want to consistently cover that is because you get some of more the fourth through sixth round guys um, that the Green Bay Packers actually do really well drafting. And so I think, especially for my Packers fandom, it's very important for me to be there. Um, So just a couple guys uh, on the offensive end, I really liked, uh, there were two running backs, Evan Hull from Northwestern. um, And I know a lot of people talked about Ty J Spears from Tulane. Now Spears impressed all week in practice. Um, He was one of the fastest guys on the field. He had some of the best cuts, um, all of that good stuff. I think if he's put in the right situation, he could be, and again, I don't like putting pressure on guys like this. That's, I I don't love the draft comparisons that get thrown out, but the one thing I saw when I watched him run in full pads was he ran with the reckless abandon of Aaron Jones. Mm. And the one thing I always see when I'm watching Aaron Jones run is that guy runs so hard that when he falls, he looks like he's going to get hurt every (laughs) single time because he is running so hard, so downhill. And that's the biggest thing I saw from Ty J Spears. Um, Something that I would also really love about Spears is he showed a little bit of punt return, kind of Darren Sproles-esque, where I think he could be a multi-dimensional impact back. Now, I doubt the Packers are going to draft him because of his size. However, Aaron Jones is not a a large running back, and they picked him a couple years ago. So he's somebody I really uh, would like to see. Evan Hull really impressed in the actual senior bowl. He averaged seven and a half yards a carry. Um, which is ridiculous against those kind of guys. Um, on the defensive end, somebody I would really love to see with Green Bay is actually Evan Hull's teammate, Ade Adeboire, who's a defensive lineman out of Northwestern. Um, when I tell you that that dude literally drove, um, I'm forgetting his name off the top of my head, but the Ohio State Center drove him 10 yards on a one-on-one almost into the goalpost in, <laughs> I in the I end saw zone. That clip. yeah it was ridiculous um and the dude just showed out all week uh, so i think he would be fantastic to pair on the inside with kenny clark um and then I, i'm gonna talk about so this is gonna be a very niche thing okay, okay. i know people have talked about jl skinner um the, the safety from Boise State. And I would love J.L. Skinner for one sole reason. I don't want the man covering anyone. I don't want him playing zone coverage. I don't want him playing man coverage because that's not what he's good at. That man is an enforcer. He almost took some dude's head off in practice when they weren't even supposed to tackle, let alone hit. And he just can't resist it. And so if you want to go, you know, back to like, the Legion of Boom era. I want my Cam Chancellor. I want my Enforcer. Yeah. Now, Skinner's nowhere near the size of Cam Chancellor. Um, but if you want somebody talking about a safety in the box, JL Skinner would be that type of guy. Um, the, the draft is really deep in corners. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I I think that would be an interesting pick. I really The only issue I would have with it is if the Packers use him incorrectly. I still mm-hmm. think he's very talented. Um, and honestly, throw 20 pounds on him, which I know isn't that easy as I'm making it sound, but gain 20 pounds, dude, could be a really good linebacker. So, okay. Interesting. Yeah. A lot of those names I've heard thrown around in there. And really, it's kind of unpredictable to know what the Packers will be doing in this year's draft compared to uh, the past few years. And hey, even the past few years, we've been able to kind of place 
a thumb on their biggest needs and we've been completely off on what they actually end up doing. But this year, you know, you look back at the team of 2022 and there's really no position group, one player where you can point to and say, that's the main reason they went eight and nine and were right. one game out of the playoffs where we're really not near a playoff team at all. So really difficult to place a finger on those needs. And it'll be interesting to see how they attack this year's draft. And one of the big things that will affect that is Aaron Rodgers, who, as we heard earlier this week, has emerged from the darkness. And I got to say, the the little hidey ho that he was in looks much more pleasant and less adorable. Yeah, less as isolating <laughs> than I thought. I thought it would really just be like a dark closet with no sunlight at all. Um, but really, it just looks like a poorly decorated hotel room, which is fine. And it's just in the middle of the forest. But anyways, he has merged. And now he will try to make his decision on if he returns to the Green Bay Packers or wants to go to another team or uh, wants to retire. So that is the biggest predictor of what the Packers will do in this year's draft because the direction uh, of, of a team with a 39-year-old quarterback will be very different than a team with a very young quarterback in Jordan Love. Um, so, Big B, I'll ask you first. What do you think or how much and in what ways do you think Aaron Rodgers' decision will affect the Packers' draft strategy and whatever his decision is? Well, I don't, I don't think it will affect it that much, in my opinion. But I feel like they have their draft board almost set at this point, and they'll attack it the same way no matter who's at quarterback. Well, I think, to your point, that they'll, they'll have their guys for sure, and they're not going to let Aaron alter that. But uh, maybe more so in free agency it will certainly affect their decisions. Probably not going to re-sign a guy like Adrian Amos. Maybe not Alan Lazard if Aaron Rodgers is not coming back. And for the draft, I think, especially in those first rounds, they're not going to go all out to maybe get an offensive weapon that they really like. Um, and, too, they might instead want to go with a running back or an offensive tackle, looking out more so for the future instead of just this year in that first round. Um, and then outside of that, in the later rounds, too, kind of keeping that same philosophy, maybe try to get some of those more risky – um, or out-of-the-box type players. Skinner, like uh, MJ just mentioned, one of those hybrid safety players that they have been pretty uh, reluctant to draft in the past few years. So uh, unpositional player type guy. Um, MJ, what are your thoughts on how Aaron Rodgers will affect Brian Gutekinds and Co? I, I side towards Big B. That it's not going to be that much of a, a determining factor. However... Um, I, I, and this sounds really backwards, but I really do think much more likely that if Aaron Rodgers is not the starting quarterback by the time the draft comes around, that they will take a receiver, say, mm. in the first round for the first time ever. And here's the reason why. It's very well documented Aaron Rodgers' issues with rookie receivers, right? Yep. Christian Watson dropped a ball the first game of the year last year against the Vikings would have been a 75 yard touchdown. And it really looked like Rogers punished him for well over a month. Right. 
the issues with Romeo Dobbs and all, all of the route running, uh, really the reluctance to play uh, Torre because he is a rookie and why play him when I have Lazard and Cop, um, even though he can dust either of them. So I, I, I think the issue is if you have Aaron Rodgers there, why draft JSN? Why draft Jordan Addison? Because they're not going to make the same type of an impact that you could get with a running back, with a safety, with a tackle, right? Shoring up the offensive line. Like, like legitimately, I'm convinced with everything in my heart that if Aaron Rodgers is that quarterback, the Packers will take a tackle at 15 and just sail off into the sunset, making their fan base mad once again. Yeah. Um, because they need to protect that man. And one of the reasons he wasn't himself this year is because that offensive line was not consistent until guess what they started winning at the end of the year that's because the the o-line got more consistent and rogers had more time to make his magic um so it it's just a mess um i i do think they will have their guys i do i think they already have their guys um but i think there are a couple of those guys that they might only take if jordan loves the quarterback interesting yeah Rodgers and the offensive line, you know, the offensive line, like you mentioned, until later on in the season, it was consistency for not only their play, but also the guys that were out there. You know, in their earlier weeks, they had no stability, pretty much had, I can't remember the exact number, but about 10 different combinations halfway through the season that had been out there. And I think this year will be pivotal for a lot of guys on that line to kind of see just really where they're at. And, you know, Yash Nyman is going to be a free agent, so that's going to be a big piece in this because he could get I, w- I want to say big money from another team but a, a you know playable offensive tackle can be very valuable in this league um, yeah and then you know Peter Skronsky I know is a, a big name out there for the Packers to possibly take at pick 15 offensive tackle um, and you know it would make a lot of sense not only with Yash being a free agent but also just the future of the offensive tackle group. You know, you have David Bakhtiari, who was entering his early 30s and was, you know, great when he was out there last year, but, you know, it would be dumb not to say he had he didn't have injury issues. They were definitely still there, and he's got to recover from his ACL still. So, you know, what are your thoughts on uh, Peter specifically, MJ? So, I mean, I think he's a plug-and-play tackle. Um, I, I really – that's the expected pick if Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback. Okay. Um, you know, they could reach a little bit and go Dewan Jones. There's still a huge range of where that guy might go. Um, but I mean, he's just a freak athlete. Um, I know you guys don't know me in person, but I'm six three, so I'm not I'm not a small guy. And when I met Dewan Jones at the senior bowl, I looked up like <laughs> all the way up and i'm like nice to meet you bro it was ridiculous um so they they could do they could do skronsky they could do broderick jones they could do juan jones those are really the three tackles that are kind of in their range at 15 um but you know if they trade aaron Rodgers and get say pick seven mm-hmm. then paris johnson who's you know a step up from dewan jones he's in play so I think that that would also be something that I think would just drive Packers fans crazy. 
Yes. You trade Aaron Rodgers. Hey, we can finally draft a first round re- receiver. Like I, like I said before, and with the seventh pick, they take Paris Johnson tackle Ohio state. That would just send Packers fans off the rails. But here's the thing. If Bakhtiari is healthy, if Yosh does walk, let's get a second round pick for him, please. Yeah. I mean, no offense to Yosh, but I'd rather have a second round pick than pay another tackle premium money when I already have Bakhtiari and Jenkins getting tackle money and then give me Bakhtiari and Paris Johnson on the outside and let's go win a championship. Yeah. I'd be thrilled with that. Yeah. Packers Twitter would be unbelievably all right if they. A mess. Yeah. If they're. Bigger return for Aaron Rodgers was used on an offensive tackle, but I, I would like to believe that I would not be opposed to it at all. I'd probably be, you know, a little, you know, disappointed that they didn't get a, a flashy playmaker and with right. a top ten pick, their first top ten pick since AJ Hawk, um, you know, and but like you mentioned, like we've seen how a Panay Sewell and so many other premium offensive tackles can completely change an offense around. Um, so I would, I would love uh, what that would mean for this team. And then you got three or at least two solvers in the, for the foreseeable future with Elton and then uh, whoever that seventh or 15th overall pick was. And then looking at yeah. wide receiver, you mentioned Jackson Smith. Um, wh- what are some other guys possibly in the Packers range there? So it, it's really JSN, Jordan Addison from USC. Um, Zay Flowers from Boston has been rising up people's draft boards. I'm still not sure about him. Um, just because I, I feel like he's too similar to Christian Watson, which mm. is not a bad thing. I mean, right. I guess having two Christian Watsons would be great. <laughs> yeah. Um, but for the sense of, you know, running an actual offense with fit, um, I think Jordan Addison, I, I think he would be my favorite in that range right now. Okay. Um, I think JSN is the best player. I just don't think he's falling to 15. Mm. I really don't think that guy is falling to 15. Chris Olave um, all over again. It's just, Ohio it's State hard. Too. Yeah, it's hard. Uh-huh. It, it's hard for me to sit here and say that – because I do think he's the clear number one receiver in the class. Um, now, the only concern is he plays mainly out of the slot, mm. which, you know, okay, Cooper Cup, right? There's, yeah, no, yeah. there's no reason to be afraid of somebody who only plays out of the slot. Even Justin Jefferson coming out of college played a lot of slots because Jamar Chase was on the outside. So I, I, I just – to see him fall – to 15 to the Packers, I would be thrilled, but I would also be shocked. Um, Cause I, I mean, even, you know, Carolina, um, Tennessee, like there are teams that really, that don't have a number one receiver. And so if you're looking at all of these teams before the Packers, yep. um, I, I just don't see that happening. I think Jordan Addison is the most realistic pick. Um, but honestly, I think wide receiver is, at pretty much as low as it gets on the likelihood of the Packers picking that at 15. Yeah. Um, I'd probably put it fourth or fifth, mm. maybe. So, <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, looking back at this past season and what they got out of their wide receivers, you know, you can't really – the Packers front office obviously did not expect Al Nazar to take 
what you could say was a step down, but also a massive jump of expectations. And then Sammy right. Watkins, I know it's easy to trash on him now, and people did predict that he would be at least have one uh, injury this year, and they were right about that. But that man was a, a solid contributor for the Ravens and the Chiefs not so long ago, and they did not get hardly any of that out of him this year as evidenced by his, what, what was it, like week 14 cut um, by the team. So wide receiver Packers are now at an interesting spot because you do have Alan Lazard who is reportedly make or expecting to make somewhere between 10 and $15 million in free agency, which seems ludicrous, but you know, this wide receiver free agency market is not too strong. Um, yeah. So kind of pretty much the same reasons why Christian Kirk and MVS got a lot more money last year than expected. Um, so if Alan Lazard can make that money, and then looking at the Packers outside of that, you have Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. And Watson, you got to feel pretty good about him being a wide receiver one for the next 10 years. Romeo Dobbs had a really good training camp, really good preseason, but was injured during the season, didn't get out as much opportunities as expected. And then outside of that, it's really a, a shoulder shrug of, like, what do we have in these guys with Randall Cobb? Well, you know what you have with him, and that's kind of the problem. And Samari Torre, who, like you mentioned, just did not get the opportunities expected. So, you know, I could definitely see, you know, it's going to be another year of people banging the drum for the Packers to take a wide receiver early. And I, I think they pretty much have to take one at some point across those three days in Kansas City. But don't be uh, shocked if if they don't take one just because of, like you mentioned, MJ, the kind of – you know, just kind of at a bad, bad spot in the middle of the first round uh, to be able yeah. to get one of value. Um, so will be interesting. And they kind of were in a rough spot last year too, where they had three or four top guys go right ahead of them. You had the Titans taking trailer on Burks, just a few picks ahead of them. And then after that, they were like, all right, we got our defensive players and then stick around for Watson. And they tried to get to pick 32 uh, at the end of the night with Minnesota to get Watson, but that ended up falling through, but it ended up working out, obviously, uh, the the next night. Um, so offense tackle, wide receiver are some of the big positions, but Bigby, what are some other positions that you think are the Packers' biggest needs this year? Well, I think I mentioned this um, last time we recorded, but it's the defensive line, just anywhere on the defensive line, pretty much. I mean – we just got no pressure at all last year. And a big part of that was Rashawn Gary going out with his ACL injury, but we need at least, I would say somebody in the first or second round on the defensive line. I think that's just a massive need. And once again, we need to get Kenny Clark some help. And I feel like this is a yearly thing at this point and I'm sick and tired of it. Yes. I would um, say tight end. And that is certainly one of the biggest needs for this team but I'm not on the side that thinks they should draft um, one in the first round and if you are brave enough to admit that you think that they should draft one in the first round applause to you because that is a very brave thing to do as you know like even if he is TJ Hawkinson which uh, the Lions gotta like pick nine in 2019 like even if he's that it's like all right 
Like that's still not great value for a top 10 pick top half of the first round pick even. So it's one of their needs, but I don't think we see that until day two or day three for me, you know, defensive line is a really good choice. Um, you know, I, I just think a playmaker on the defensive side of the ball, which is a very vague thing, but safety, if I had to place a specific position on it, um, just somebody who's going to kind of patch up those holes um, for tackling a lot of exposed coverages last year. So, you know, I'm not necessarily wishing for a Demarius Randall um, type player, but. Oh gosh. <laughs> just and When you mentioned them misusing uh, Skinner, I was like, oh no, can we not, can we leave misusing defensive backs to the 2014, 2015, 2016 days? Like, let's, uh-huh. yeah. let's, let's leave that behind, but <laughs> safety cornerback on defense. It's my pick. Uh, MJ, what is your kind of, not necessarily dark horse, but unspoken need for this Packers team. I want Christian Gonzalez from Oregon. He okay. is if he's a he's a DB, he's a corner. Okay. 6'2, 200. Freak athlete. Give me Christian Gonzalez on the other side of Jair Alexander for the next five years. And just you want it, you want to help the defense? You want to help that defensive line? Nobody getting anywhere with those two dudes covering. I know that would also not be a popular pick. We have Jair. We have Rasul. Yeah. We have Eric Stokes. Yes, you do. But you know what? Eric Stokes went down with an injury, and Rasul Douglas wasn't playing like his big contract. So let's keep drafting corners. I mean, you can't have enough good cover guys. That's That's how you go out and win championships. And the great thing would be, I've been, you know, I I covered the Rams for SI for a year. So I I watched um, Jalen Ramsey in that defense, which is supposed to be the defense we run, right? And the concept was when Joe Barry came here and the reason we wanted to keep Rasul Douglas was so that Rasul and Eric Stokes could cover on the outside and Jair could play the star. The great thing about the star Packers fans is it allows you to roam. And so if you have a Justin Jefferson who you need to follow around the field, the star position allows you to do so because it literally just is on a different spot on every single play. So depending on the coverage you're playing and depending on the, the um, offensive alignment, the star is different every single play. It's not inside. It's not outside. It's everything because that's what Jalen Ramsey or Jair Alexander can do. And for some reason, Joe Barry just said, okay, I have somebody that caliber and I'm not going to use that position that won us a Super Bowl because that makes a lot of sense. So get me another outside covering corner that allows me to move Jair Alexander wherever I want. And I, I think that would do wonders for the Packers defense because you talk about tackling issues. Jair Alexander doesn't have tackling issues. So if you let him roam more and he's not, you know, he's not tied down to a guy downfield right. on every play. He's much more available. And that's what it, Jalen Ramsey, I believe, had like 82 tackles last year, which is disgusting for a DB. Yeah. That, that rarely had safeties don't even get that. In the box, safeties don't even get that. So if you're telling me I could run a position where Jair Alexander can get 80 tackles in a season, sign me up. Yeah. You know, the misuse of Jair is kind of one of the un, undersaid 
things by Packers fans this year with their frustrations with Joe Barry's defense, just not allowed to play. Like, not only not letting him roam around, but also playing him 10 yards off as if he's Kevin Keene. Like, <laughs> and, yeah. you know, just let him move around. He's a playmaker, and he deserves to be in that spot. And also, like you mentioned, just their the overall lack of solid corners. And we're kind of back to where we were five years ago where we just kept on drafting corners in early rounds and just none of them produced. And like, I, I know you, you feel solid about Russell Douglas and Eric Stokes and what they have shown, but it's also like, you know, they're the one, there's not a lot of depth outside of that. You have Shamar Jean Charles, who was inactive for every single game last year. And, you know, with, Rasul, like you mentioned, just, you know, partly because he was kind of being used in the slot grossly. Um, and then Eric Stokes had an injury. Seems like he took a step down. So, I mean, we could be sitting here by midseason next year and feeling like we have Jair Alexander and really nobody else at cornerback. So can't have that happen, especially because it's going to be an interesting look at safety, depending on what they do this offseason if they go out there and sign a Jesse Bates, even though I don't see that happening, um, or draft one high. But, you know, you might have I, – I know people are throwing around Russell Douglas at safety, and I'm like, can we can we just let him play corner? I know he's a solid tackler. No. Yeah, like just, just let him be a corner, please. We do not need to run back the Tremon Williams experiment. All right. Um, so just, just let Rasul play corner and then figure it out at safety. I don't care really what you're throwing back there, but defensive back got to got to shore that up. Um, so theme of this episode really is have no clue what the Packers will be doing in this year's draft. So could see any name out, uh, thrown out there at pick 15 or any other pick and would not be surprised really. Well, unless it's, uh, Anthony Richardson. But even then, like see, some people are throwing out his name there. <laughs> yeah, I, I would pay such good money to watch Packers Twitter if that happened. Like, please, please, I, just for the chaos. I would, just for I would, the chaos, Joey. Yeah, I, I would just be left speechless. But hey, that that would be that would be a sight to see for sure. Um, but hey, I mean, Brian Brom was drafted in what the second or third round in two thousand seven eight. So, yep. Who knows? And the Matt Flynn, too. So, well, we'll have to see. A lot of interesting stuff could happen in late April for Green Bay. Um, yes, but that, that's all we got for you on the combine and the draft. Um, I know the combine has kind of soured in some people's minds. Like, you know, it used to be, and I, I guess it never was this crazy event that people were begging to watch, but seeing a lot more people saying it's boring now. And while it is not the most exciting thing, you know, it, it's called the Underwear Olympics for a reason. It is fun to see uh, yep. these players get on the field, and it is obviously a, a pretty big moment in the NFL offseason because you got all these uh, general managers, a lot of people in the front office meeting at St. Elmo's, having a beer. That's when the real conversations come out. You get, you know, I'm sure if you get Jim Mersey on a few beers, he's going to tell you some things that he shouldn't be telling you. Um, so, Oh, yeah. I'll, so it's funny you say that. Bruce and I will be at St. Elmo's on Friday. Okay. So I'm lo- I'm looking to uh, where br- I was like Bruce, we gotta have a buy guys a beer budget. 
so that we can get some some information and we can get some stories because yeah i would there there are plenty of guys not just ursa that i think would spill some information with a couple oh, yeah. of beers in them but exciting week here coming up in the nfl make sure you're watching on i believe it's sunday that aaron jones and jamal williams will be on the nfl network broadcast yep. for the running back and offensive line day so that's going to be a great reunion um big are you looking forward to that oh you know it come on now so i well like i'm just realizing now it's great that they're going to have a reunion but also like jamal williams on tv is going to be anytime jamal williams is on tv i'm happy i don't care what he's doing yeah i feel like he might say some out-of-pocket things here at the combine like he he might get bored and say some things that the nfl network (laughs) might not be too happy with it did you guys see the uh the tweet yesterday about Jamal Williams? Uh the one on why he uh was suspended. Why he got from kicked David. out of BYU. Yeah. Yes. Uh yeah, West Hackwood told <laughs> a funny story about that too. So uh that's that's very Jamal too. Very Jamal. I love that man. Yes, absolutely. Well, uh MJ, once again, thanks for joining us. Uh where can people find you uh for your coverage uh coverage on the combine this week? Yes, so pretty much if you go to my Twitter, at MJ Hurley, H-U-R-L-E-Y, and then TDT. So at MJ Hurley TDT on Twitter, you can find pretty much everything uh, there is to find. Uh, me and Third Down Thursdays will be uh, – we actually have a huge weekend. Bruce is at the golf show in Chicago right now. I'm going to the XFL game tomorrow and then Combine all week. So follow me there, and you'll you'll get the chaos. Absolutely. Well, I hope you uh... – we're able to get something out of Brian Gudikins. will be interesting to see what he say, says. Oh, we will. Podium. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure Matt Schneiman will have a goofy little question about Aaron Rodgers' darkness retreat. Um, and, you know, Gudikins, uh, I don't know what he'll have to say, but probably won't be much, as it always <laughs> is at this time of the year. But uh, we'll, we'll see. All right, great chats with MJ. Obviously, thank him so much for joining us. Uh, make sure you follow him and his podcast slash website, Third Down Thursday. So does some great work there for not only the NFL, but the XFL, like he mentioned too. So, um, you know, the XFL has been starting up. And I know me and Big B and all of our friends have been greatly enjoying it, especially for me, because I've never really paid attention to like the AAF or the USFL these past few years. Uh, but with XFL, I have a team in St. Louis, so I've been uh, rooting for them, especially with A.J. McCarron leading us to the promised land and also Darius Shepard, Packers legend. Um, so that's been great to watch. So make sure you follow him if you want coverage on that and all of that good stuff. So um, like I, I mentioned to him, too, we just need these people that are smart about these draft prospects to fill us in. We are Our main purpose is to, you know, produce content but also like we also need to be informed so we know uh what we are talking about come april so mj's our first guest of draft season then i'm sure we'll be having a few others on we know a lot of smart people that spend a lot of time studying these draft prospects so a few more coming your way so that's all we have for you here today though um, make sure you follow us on all the social medias i'm especially active on tiktok during draft season so make sure you follow us on there And then we're also on Instagram and Twitter. And then if you're not watching this on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're very close to 
uh, BJ Raji subscribers plus an extra zero at the end. So make sure you go ahead and do that for us. We greatly appreciate it. With that being said, we'll talk to you um, maybe next week for a combine recap or other than that, whenever we feel like it or if Aaron Rodgers decides something. So we'll talk to you then. Go Pack Go.